Ah, uh, it's beautiful, man. Amen. It welcome. really is. Yeah, welcome everybody to the Men for Life podcast. Uh, just myself, Andrew Jacoby, and my my partner here, Pete DeMaio. In crime. In crime and in uh, in everything, man. It's uh, it's good stuff. Pete, great to see you. Great, we're here. An old fashioned, just Pete and Andrew episode today. I'm super excited. We got a few. We wanted to do a catch up episode because November we only did one episode in November. We've been busy. So I wanted to catch everybody up on what we've been up to. Um, so we've got some topics. I want to know what Pete's been up to recently. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what I've been up to, what our vision is for First Fisherman Media, which is our ministry that we have here about the new media evangelization piece. And then uh, we might do a little, we might or might not get into a little politics, a little, a little scrambling back and forth. But before we do that, we always start with prayer. And Pete is an expert in prayer. So, Pete, you want to start us off? Yes. Amateur prayer hour begins now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome, man. Great. So great to see you, my brother. It's been like, we're, you know, it's, we're in, the, it's in, the, in the throes of fall, so everybody's busy. And so it's good to take a little moment and just chill and get back on the mic and do a little rapping. I'm we are for super it, busy. Uh, Andrew and I, for our listeners who don't know, both run our own businesses. So <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we moonlight as business owners, but our real job right. is first fisherman. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And Pete has this little feature of seven children and a and a wife as well. So that's a little extra side little side hustle he's got. Going yeah, on. my side hustle with the fam keeps me busy too. <laughs> we had Andrew no fooling, and uh, we had twelve games on a saturday wow 12 and that did not include a birthday party and a formal that nikki uh unbelievable yeah so and then sunday was equally as busy minus the birthday party and the formal but that included a course mess wow. and something else a, and it was what like a blessing man. yeah it is honestly um it really is we go 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 yeah i just pray to god for energy just give yeah, me more energy me fill me up day. with the holy spirit you know let me keep doing it because i love it i love what amen. we're doing amen you you had a recent trip down to ave maria as well university right beautiful yeah i wanted to hear about that because that's a that's a sort of dream location for serious catholic people yeah so for those who don't know <clears throat> back in 1998 we went on a uh, a trip down to disney together as a family and that's my whole family all the demayos went mm, down nice my older brothers um their wives my mom and that so we went back the following year and then it turned into an annual disney trip so it's been really wonderful um lost my brother back then to cancer Mm -hmm. almost lost my mom and we weren't even married yet so now here we are married and having children and now my mom lives through the you know the cancer and and it's such it's been i know disney for us as as devout catholics probably isn't the greatest (laughs) place (laughs) for some (laughs) For some obvious reasons, but anyway, it's been my brother and I would never want to um, strip that away from the family because it's be, just been an annual yeah. thing to be together. And of course, we see the joy um, on my parents' face with these, you know, grandchildren that they've seen yeah, born. That's and, amazing! Wow, oh, awesome. So, so anyway, we're um, to the Ave Maria, Andrew. We were supposed to be down there as a family together, 
my dad unfortunately had to have surgery and my brother's mm -hmm. tied up with the seminary because he's in the diaconate program so it didn't work oh, out Chris. but yeah but we went down yeah god bless you bro for being in the diaconate. that's amazing i see him a lot at the church he's Do like you? dressed up yeah sure he's i see him all the time he's he, like he's in the procession often and yeah, yeah he tr honestly he does more than most he he just he wants to serve as often as he can that's I great mean, yeah so he serves even when he's not supposed to serve. He just, and Lauren, his yeah. wife, my sister-in-law, they do so much at their parish. And so God bless you guys, um, especially, you know, you, bro, for for everything you're doing. I know it's a huge commitment. But um, they, and his children, of course, too, because yeah, he's got, sure. you know, he's got, they have one older daughter, but they have four little guys that are our guys' yeah, ages. So, right. You know. So it's a lot of work. It is. It's a ton. And, um, but God truly helps you balance it at all i mean mm. i don't know i don't know Amen. if it's like santa magic or if he just makes more <laughs> hours appear in the day or what he does but god totally makes it all work so praise god um yeah i was talking to a good friend of ours ruthie and cecil ruthie and cecil um were down in ave maria just after us a few days later so we were down there in florida knew that we wanted to get to ave maria the boys played some baseball down there pd and nikki and then uh, we headed over to Ave Maria, and man, um, first off, it's Pope John Paul's feast day, and mm. we go turning into Ave Maria, and Trisha, you know, hits me and points. It's Pope John Paul Boulevard that we're pulling in wow. on. <laughs> Pope John Paul II Boulevard Huge. that we're pulling in on on his feast Huge day. Huge fans. Yeah. And he just, you know, I didn't have my socks on, but <laughs> right, right. Pete has that's uh, Pete has the John Paul, the Pope John Paul, the Saint Pope bought John Paul II socks, so that'll be part of the Men for Life swag when we get around to it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, make sure you get on there and get your uh, your stuff. And then, um, yeah, it was really I didn't know what to expect. So you're driving around down there. It's like you know Florida. So you're driving around swampland, whatever. And uh, and then you come up to Ave Maria. We pulled in and um, community of homes. And then as you drive in a little bit further, um, you see the church, the one that you see in the pictures when you Google Ave Maria. Beautiful. Um, the 12 apostles. We have a nice picture out mm. front, 12 apostles right there on the front of the church. Really, really nice. And then, uh, and then you drive just a little bit further into the parking lot, and that's the campus. I didn't realize that it was all interconnected, wow. and it's all – yeah, so we you know went into church obviously we were going to stay for mass and um but then they have like little shops around so we're like what a great place so i would highly recommend for heading down to ave maria yeah i was at the northern ave maria for a conference um uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, not northern ave maria it's called uh, franciscan university of steubenville and it was very it was like catholic utopia up there it was really amazing i got to uh, meet matt frad uh, who's a fan or a fan of uh, his podcast and he was opening up his cigar bar called uh chesterton cigars or whatever really? yeah and he has a cigar bar and i was there on the opening night and so he was there and i walked up to him and i said tried to i pitched him a little men for life and said, you know, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> i was asking him is for you know help what can we do you know what should we do you know uh, he was great. He was a really nice guy. Matt, good to uh, hopefully we'll get you on the podcast one day. But it was he's a he's a hero of ours, and um, it was a wonderful conference. It was a conference on um, integralism, which is sort of it's sort of how do we how should given that our current society is such a mess, what can we do to get back to some common sense, more or less Christian values in the country? 
basically. That's the it was a it was a academic conference for people who think very deeply about these things. So people like Patrick Deneen from uh, Notre Dame, it's a very famous um, political philosopher. Um, J.D. Vance spoke, so he was awesome. Um, what did he speak Rusty on? Reno from First Things is probably the most famous Catholic intellectual magazine. He was there speaking. Um, basically just, you know, this idea that the big debate is, okay, did America go off the rails somewhere or was the problem built in because it's based upon this modernist idea? So these guys were Enlightenment Protestant thinkers who started the country. And so was their philosophy a little screwy from the beginning? And the, it's a little complicated, but basically what, what these guys are saying is that you know, the idea of modern political thought is that you're an individual, Pete, this Adam, and then you, in, you, know, you create this society as this individual that you decide to join into. And the older way of thinking from the church's perspective and from the Aristotelian, which comes from the Aristotelian perspective, is you're not an individual. You're a social animal by your nature. You can't abstract. You're already in your family the minute you're born. So there, it's so this it's a fantasy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't um, accord with reality, and so that's what we're seeing. And so that's the the basic take of these guys is no the the things kind of screwed up. So what can we do to fix it? And there's a lot of ideas about how to do that, and met a lot of really interesting people. But most interesting was the um, Franciscan University. Just going to uh, you know walk into mass, and it's it's standing room only in mass, really? and they don't have to go. The kids don't have to go. All of these kids are on fire. And it's just seemed so normal. And when I say normal, I mean like everyone you meet is just like, oh, yeah, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking, you know, I'm here studying. I hope to find a wife or a husband and start a family and follow the church and, you know, be a little league coach. And just like it was it was really beautiful to. There was none of this kind of crazy revolution. I it was amazing. It was it, awesome. It was so refreshing to see that. Just to give a quick point over to the new show that we started, which is the called. Yeah, we had Sister Mary Eileen. Amazing. Yeah. Sister, thank you so much for coming on. It was beautiful, awesome. beautiful, beautiful story, testimony, and pa- song. She sung. Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> and um, they're from the parish visitors of Mary Immaculate. Yeah. Um, just the order itself, the charism of getting out to meet people. Yeah. You know? But um, but but Sister. Um, mentioned both of those things, Andrew, that mm. you're saying, yeah. which is this new modernist culture, not even realize that she was raised that way until she learned the Aristotelian. Right. Just, bre- just breathing <laughs> it. Yes. Just breathing. It just, we, it just is what it is. And you don't, it's, it's almost like you don't realize that your air conditioning is going until it's off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh. Oh. I was like, it was on. Like yeah. there was this whole buzzing all the time that I just got used to. And then you go to a place like Franciscan um, in Steubenville and you just realize, oh my gosh, all of these people are radically different than what you would find. But in the in the scope of history, very normal. Like that's the way it was up until like a blink of the eye ago when all of a sudden now we have this, you know, metastasized Gnosticism of, oh, well, well really deep down, you know, I'm a woman and I'm, you know, I'm a cat or I'm a furry animal or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and just this, I just got to conform my meat suit to what I'm feeling inside. Right? <laughs> I can emerge with some medical technology uh, in my transhuman moment. 
right like i mean uh, i don't I, obviously i don't mean to make light of people that have gender dysphoria it's a horrible thing and it's terrible uh, suffering for those human beings but i'm talking about the larger movement we are not doing you any service though right exactly 100 percent by, by this new way new age yeah, woke right, enlightenment 100 percent right, not the answer that's a hundred percent true so anyway it was it's beautiful i'm sure ave maria is very similar but it's it gives it gives a lot of hope but yes andrew very hopeful because as sister was saying when she said and then take that arist uh aristalian uh, aristotelian uh, missed a syllable oh gosh he's tired holy cow sorry everyone (laughs) and then now overlay theology on top of that which they didn't have plato socrates and aristotle didn't have that's That's now they but they were almost there they like got like 80 percent of the way there you know and then you overlay that and it's like yes oh all the dots lined up. It all makes sense now. Yeah. And what you said, Andrew, is um, is that buzzing, that noise that we didn't even realize until we turned the air conditioner off. Um, when Pope John Paul is is you know giving us the theology of the body, I've heard many, many, many young adults say it. It's not like they were giving me a new set of glasses to take on. Or to put on what what the the youth yeah they say they actually took them off right like I already had my clear lenses that God gave me my actual eyes you know what I mean the world tried to hand me these sunglasses to look at if I didn't even know I was looking at them that's just right they handed them to me and they've been there all it was called common sense. (laughs) yeah right like right just common sense and that's what sister was talking about she said I don't she she was saying. It, so definitely listen to that episode. But it was solid. beautiful. Yeah, but she anchor.fm forward slash the called. Anchor.fm forward slash the called. And you find so, both of the both of the just two episodes there. And sister said, Andrew, that that we are um uh we're not actually discerning as young adults because proper discernment would be go in and do some sort of, you know, like you're not signing up for the seminary or signing up to become a nun, but you're actually spending a few weeks there or a few right. months to yeah. discern. And now you're actually discerning vocation. So then at that point, it's I am being called or I'm not being called. If I'm not being called, my other vocation would be here right. to either the married life or the single life. And then from there, it's okay, let me figure out. We do it backwards. It's like, oh, let me go to college and figure out what I'm going to study right. and what my career is going to be. Totally. Yeah. And then we start sliding into everything else into life, as Sister was describing, relationships, yeah. you know. Hundred percent. That's a good. It's a good segue into what it is that because we just rent, we mentioned the call. So it's a good segue into sort of what we're doing and what our bigger project is here. Because we started a few months ago with just Men for Life podcast, and then as the Holy Spirit kept coming, there was like a bunch of other ideas. Like every guest we would have, be like, "Man, you should do a podcast." You know, like the the Sackos have started to do, who was on one of our episodes, the Married Show. I think their their show is now called um, "I Present Thee This Ring." I don't know if it's published yet. I've got to like maybe poke them a little bit to sort of get them away from their perfectionism and just get it out there. We're very good at that, Men for Life, not being perfectionists. <laughs> if you've listened to the audio <laughs> variations of our episodes, you'll know that we're, we don't have that problem here, Men for Life. We're good at good enough is good enough at Men for Life. <laughs> As as the, as the entire <laughs> studio falls apart on Andrew, as we are doers. We are yeah, that, just uh, whatever. So anyway, um, so there's there's uh, so okay. So the idea was basically, I mean, the bigger vision. Pete and I just talked about this. 
I don't know, was it two summers ago? When was two summers ago? It was that. It was that long ago. Yeah. Okay, so we had a conversation, Pete and I, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we were we were introduced to each other because Pete was my sponsor into the Catholic Church, and it was an amazing sponsor, and it was an awesome journey. And uh, thank you for that. It was awesome, brother. Thanks for allowing anyway, me. Anyway, yeah, man, it was great. And but the, one of the first times we actually met and had a coffee after church, we just both hit it off on this idea of the um, that we're both super. One of the things that we're really passionate about is pr- the pro life cause, the culture of life. And since then, the the vision that seemed to balloon was that okay, well, it's clear that the world isn't going to the church so we need to bring the church to the world and where is the world where are young people especially i mean everybody but especially young people and they're on podcasts and they're on youtube and tiktok and all instagram and all these places so let's create as many different avenues of reaching them as possible and my personal inspiration was bishop Barron. he's the one he came to me I didn't go to the church. The church came to me, but he's only one guy. And I love Bishop Barron. He changed my life profoundly. He's one dude. So we're just like, why don't we do more of that? And then now we started to, through this process, we've begun working with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, uh, Father DeLacy and the communications department there. We've, um, so we're starting to slowly, because the church moves slowly. It's a 2,000 year institution. Pete and I are entrepreneurs. We move quickly, talk fast, move fast. Church moves a little slower than Pete and I. <laughs> but, 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 but we love our church. But we love our church. It's not a, you know, it's K. We, it's lasted a lot longer than Peter and I. Yeah. So we've been here 40 some years. So the trust, church has been around a couple thousand years. We so. trust your prudential Right, judgment. right, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so what we're, the goal is to create a bunch of different shows, each, high, each having a different um, ethos or telos. Um, this one, the Men for Life show, is sort of a, let's say, a call to arms for young men to live a life of chastity and of virtue um, and to defend the unborn and live out a chaste life so that they respect the women that they're interacting with and they get married to those women. Hopefully, hopefully they don't engage in sexual behavior before a marriage as the church teaches. And then if there's ever any kind of a time or ability to stand up for the unborn as men, we should be doing that as well because we are called to be protectors and defenders of the innocent. And if there's anything more, if Amen, there's anything brother. more innocent than an unborn human child, more defenseless, more innocent, more deserving of our care as both men and women, then I don't know what it is. For any dad who's held their newborn baby. Yeah. There is nothing yeah, that could nothing. need us more than that. Hundred percent. That baby would die in minutes. It wouldn't last an hour, a couple hours, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so that's the point. So we have this one show called Ben for Life, which is our flagship show, and it's awesome, and we love it, and we're going to continue to do it and um, bring on more people. We have more guests, more of the same. We love doing it. We started another show called The Called, and that was Pete was referencing earlier, and that show I'll put a link in the show notes is about getting the vocation stories of all the religious in our archdiocese. And the reason for doing that is so that we can, first of all, learn about our religious, learn about their, their journey to, the, to their life, uh, to their vocation, and also to hopefully uh, inspire more vocations to the church. So that would be the idea of that show. 
Uh, we have this show. And I love that too, Andrew, because it really bridges the gap. You forget that that our religious are just regular people. Exactly. And so for those of us who are on the outside, non-religious, it's really nice to just yeah. listen like, okay, well, who were you before? Right. <laughs> well, you know, and right. how did this, you know, right. connect, connect the gap for me? How did 100%, you become, 100%, 100%, you know? 100%. What you realize is it's very just normal to how they wound up gravitating toward the church at some point. hundred percent. So I love that one. I, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a listener right now and you think that you would like to be a part of First reach out Media, totally reach, reach out, out to Andrew and I. We'd love to, we'd love to talk to you. There's a huge amount of need for this ministry to go outbound, find guests, organize stuff, um, to do audio and visual. Cause we'd like to move this into video at some point in the future. We're having enough trouble with audio, <laughs> so <laughs> so far it hasn't been hasn't uh, materialized. But we believe that the Lord will do with what He wants with it, and hopefully, video will be a part of that. The other piece is that in terms of our work with the archdiocese is that we would like to create an adjunct to the communications department, which we would call the Office of New Media and Evangelization. So, if we could create a bunch of these shows. Um, that are promoting the gospel message, and the church would help us to promote it to the members of the archdiocese, and that's successful, our goal would be to then move and go to other archdioceses and speak to them about, hey, this is what we did in Philadelphia. We could help you to create a similar ministry within your church to go where the people are. Because that is, as we talked about Pope John Paul II, the new evangelization that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go outbound. Go out. You know, yeah, yes. we're supposed to be of service. I mean, I think it was him or John Newton, one of these guys. Uh, you know, it's prayer, service to the poor, and evangelization. Those are the, That's like the triumvirate of what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Praying, serving the poor, and going knocking on doors like the, like the parish visitors. And so. when we say knocking on doors in 2022, knocking mm-hmm. on doors might be making the 100%. the new evangelization media, the podcast, available so right. that when you're running on the treadmill at the gym or taking that walk right. in the morning or at nighttime or driving in your car, 100%. now all of a sudden we can reach, you know, we yeah, can reach we, the people. We can be there. Mm-hmm. And we actually have listeners, I think, yeah. at this point. We, we get a consistent, like, little stream. It's starting small, but it's consistent on a daily basis. And there are people from all over the world, like, there are people listening in Taiwan and... They're finding, yeah, we had a uh, Vietnam. There was, I mean, I don't know. That's, I don't know how accurate the statistics are, but that's That's what it says. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. (laughs) Someone in Ireland. It's going to be cool to watch this thing. I mean, this is the ground zero to watch this thing grow. It's just going to be incredible. And we haven't even really promoted it. I mean, we haven't done anything to promote it, actually. All we did was put it up. I mean, we're first, the first version, we just started this in April. Mm -hmm. It's only a few months old. So the first goal is just can we do the show? Can we produce it? Can we get up on can we get it up online? Can we get guests, right? All that. And once we're and can we do it consistently enough that it's worth promoting? And then at that point, now I think we're both convinced that we can do that. Now the next yeah, step is Yeah, like, one of our next shows is going to be Meet Your Diocesan priests. Right. Yeah. We've Andrew and I have met all these amazing Catholic priests, right. but unfortunately, if you live in Bucks right. County, you might not know the right. one in Delaware County. If right. you live in Montgomery County, you might right. not know right. Father Gill and Father B down at the cathedral. So, right. that was one of our next right. or 
or well, we, I think we fold that one into the called actually. I yeah. think that should be because it's the same. It's that's the part, what we're doing with the call. It's just like we could be a subset, a series of underneath the called because they're religious. They're, mm-hmm. they're they're they're. I'm actually doing a podcast called the Culture of Life podcast, which is basically. My podcast when Pete's not available for the Men for Life show because Pete has a couple of extra duties that I don't currently have. I think there's seven of them, and if you count his wife, eight. <laughs> so, so I'm, she would refer to me as the eighth child. Right, so right. You just get that clear. So when Pete's away at Ave Maria or whatever, I don't want to do. I don't feel good doing Men for Life shows without my without my uh, partner. Thanks, so. Buddy. So I have my own that I whenever it's just basically when Pete's not around. MIA. So it's called Yeah, when Pete's MIA I do the show just myself, just me and interview. And I had a couple I did one with um um Father Hyacinth Cordell. Yes. Which is him and Professor Alan Stokel Emeritus, who is a retired French professor from Penn State. And the idea for that show, the Father Hyacinth, for those of you who don't know, is an amazing Dominican friar. He's the head friar at uh, St. Pat's in Rittenhouse, and I spent a lot of time over there. Father Hyacinth and I and a group went over to the the, Na- the National March for Life last year, and Father Hyacinth's the amazing, amazing evangelists. And for those who don't know, the history of the Dominican order started in the mid, mid to early 1200s when St. Dominic walked into a tavern and met an Albigensian, which was a form of a Gnostic, like a, a Gnostic um, heretic at that point, and um, had a conversation with the gentleman all night long. In the morning, he rejoined the church, and so, for the grace of God. And so, St. Dominic was like, wow, that's awesome. We need an order of people doing this, the OPs, the order of preachers. And so my idea was we have all of this, um, let's call it, Hey, let's do the Benedict option. Let's like run to the hills or let's let's withdraw from the culture. And somebody said it was actually Father Pacomius, who's another new member of our uh, Rittenhouse uh, Friar group. He said, why don't we do the the Dominican option? Why don't we go convert people? Let's go into the public square. I am in. Yeah. Let's go convert. So so, in on that. Right. And so what I said was, okay, well, let's do a podcast where we recapitulate the that meeting in the tavern in the 1200s so i got professor stokel who's a lapsed catholic to agree to come on publicly and sort of say okay here are my problems with the church and here's my problems with catholic teaching father highest yeah and they they just sat there and had a conversation about i I was sort of i introduced them it was amazing and so the goal my my ultimate goal with that podcast first of all to see if they'll do it consistently and then i'll break it off we'll you know we'll become one of our podcasts dominicanoption.com will be the goal. Um, but the idea was that what, there's 6,000 order of people in the order of preachers today worldwide. There's 6,000 Dominicans worldwide. Imagine if they were each on a podcast once a week with a, a, a lost soul, let's say. What would be their conversion? I mean, they could, they could convert a lot of people, right? Like we could convert a lot of people at that rate. Yeah. So um, anyway, Andrew, you know, that's something that I think about often. And I've been sharing this with our students. Right. Um, When I I want to hear about that. What's going on? Yeah. When I say our students, I I mean, the Pennsylvanians for human life, um, you know, student leaders and other, you know, students here in our area, uh, as well as the teachers. And Andrew and I were with Lisa and Castagno at St. Joe's Prep and those young men uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And that's the idea is that if there are over 1 billion Catholics in the world right now, and there are over 7 billion people in the world, then that means that mathematically 
we only need to go and talk to six other people. Right. Six. Right. Six. And then we're good. Yes. So, so that's your point, Andrew. So we know that we don't have over a billion on fire Christians right, right now. Right. So since we don't, we're obviously going to have to start small that's with the right. ones that are right. you know, deeply formed and on fire. Right. And hey, look, if that's, that's right. the 6,000. It was a great, it was really awesome. And there's going to be hopefully a second episode. The professor was really open and was, you know, the goal is not to get people who are going to be just be a heart, you know, that are open to a conversation really about it. And he was, and it was a wonderful conversation. And I also was able, while you were in Ave Maria, I was able to get a meeting with a philosophy professor in Villanova um, Professor Stephen Napier, who I heard on the Thomistic Institute podcast, I reached out to him, and he's like, "All right, I'll do this. I'll do the show." I'm like, "Nobody listens to it," but he's like, "Whatever, I'll do the show." He didn't actually know that till after. But anyway, so I showed up at his office with my remote gear, which we bought. You did? Yeah, I showed up at his office when when you were down in Florida, and I did a one on one with him, and that's also at the Culture of Life Podcast dot com, and um, we had a great conversation. He was an amazing guest because he has this idea. He's like, "Look, okay." He has this theory. He's a he's a bioethicist, philosophy professor, and a uh, philosophy of religion guy. And he has this theory, which I thought was so interesting. He's like, look, science is telling us that mostly we have a moral intuition, and then we reason from that intuition. That's how we really do it. But he's like, we're in this loop. We're in this epistemological loop because we don't because other people have different moral intuitions who are also smart. And they come to different conclusions. So we need like a tiebreaker to break us out. And he's like, his point was that the Catholic Church is the most rational mm. tiebreaker because it's been around forever. It's been tried everywhere. And the people that live by the teachings of the church have such exemplary, live such exemplary lives that we if you're something right, exactly. If to. you're Correct. convinced. Like if you're confused about a moral issue, just default to the church. Yeah. Like that's the that's actually the most rational position. And the people who have who have sought out to disprove the church, you know, the true atheists, they've actually most of them have converted to Catholicism. Right. In there. Right. right. So yeah, that's a really really. All, you said Dr. So Napier. Per, yeah, his name is Stephen Napier. Awesome and, um, job. Yeah, it was it was a real. He was wonderful, and hopefully we'll have a. We'll hopefully get him on this show too. I'd love to hear him because he was a part of the. Uh, he's a he's he's a big um, supporter of the pro life group on Villanova, which oh, we want to get those guys life, yeah. right. And when I'm and they were out protesting, or they were out. They had a, the Villanovans for life. I met them after that interview at Villanova. Villanova is a beautiful school, by the way. That's true. Amazing. I'm a modern. Yeah, it was beautiful. Such so a we got to go out campus, there, and, yeah. I, and there's a couple of guys that want to come on our show from the Villanovans for Human Life. So maybe we could even get like we could go out to Villanova with our remote gear and get professor with a couple of students and you and i would be awesome for a men for life episode it would be great sounds man. great we have monakita's boyfriend totally man that we met at abbey fest yeah so graces yeah and pete i wanted to because i have one other thing i that i did which is the kensington thing which was unbelievable with the mission youth yeah. which i think people should know about but i want to hear about um the pennsylvanians for human life and what's been going on with with that group and the students that you've been working with we have uh the <clears throat> there honestly there's so many irons in the fire right now which you already know yeah Andrew, but on, i'm but, on the email list man it's, you guys are productive yeah, there's it, but it's you know when you're tackling something <clears throat> that's this that's this yeah, large it's, it's there's no end point and you just keep doing more and more so anyway the 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 
game plan right now is we want to have we have um, 15 archdiocesan high schools here in the Philly archdiocese. We have 11,000 students at those high schools. Counting the other private Catholic high schools, um, there are another 10 to 15 approximately. So we have approximately 30 high schools in the area, not counting our middle schools, with probably almost 20,000 students. So how do we reach those 20,000 students is really the question. So at this point, it's we need to have uh, a few students from each school that represent their school as right. the student leaders. Then we want them to be the the leaders of their respect life clubs and some of these groups have really really like gone after it like villa maria academy with sheena rightly there sheena is at um was at marion mercy for 15 years she's now at villa maria they had a beautiful respect life week that they just ran so they're out chalking the entire campus and they weren't vandalizing i mean the ihm nuns were there it's it was approved but they're chalking with beautiful messages then they had Ryan Bomberger from Radiance Foundation come in to speak to the student body. Amazing. And then they did like a, a diaper drive and some other things to help moms in need. So they just ran a beautiful like Monday through Friday, something each day. So that would be the goal, Andrew. The goal is take these wonderful teachers that we've met. Like you and I got a chance to meet Julie Tison and Kevin yes. Williams and Deacon Moser that day when we were at Judge together. Amazing. And... um, um um, Mary Beth, sorry, I almost forgot. I'm the theology chair there. So we have these amazing teachers that I've met at our different schools. The idea would be band all of them together and form this teacher board, then get the lead students from each school and then start to disseminate down this education and formation within the Amazing. schools. And, you know, it's it starts slow. It's going to be one at a time, but that's the idea. We have 219 parishes that we have to serve in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. We have all of our middle schools, and and we know what we're up against. The other side is going in as early as pre-K and kindergarten and five years old to teach the you know the after they covid jab them at three first they covid jab yeah 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 after we covid jab (laughs) you then we can teach once they're on their fourth booster then they get the abortion class (laughs) yes or that well or we we have to create the gender dysphoria first in their little tiny minds you know like like gia loves dressing giovanni up you know in nail polish and and a girl's hat so then he has to come to us and tell us that he thinks he's a girl we have to do that first Right. right Yeah. So <laughs> so knowing that that, as we were talking about before with the modernist culture, knowing that's the case is we have to one at a time turn that air conditioner and that buzzer, that buzz off and get the, the kids to uh, to see through the lenses that's what that we're God doing. gave them. So that's, that's the plant Pennsylvanians for Human Life. We have Pro-Life Union Banquet um, coming up here at the end of November. We are going to be praying outside of the abortion facilities. Um, yeah. uh, we're going to be doing that uh, monthly. Um with all the students, as many who can attend, moving forward, we're going to be praying with the Sisters of Life. They'll go out and walk through Kensington or through Center City. We're going to be doing that once a month with them. And we have so many other things in store for the, um, you know, to get our, our youth engaged. So that's, that's the next game plan. But, Andrew, maybe that leads into um, praying outside of our abortion clinics right now in this situation with yeah, Mark Halk that right. just went on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's crazy in the Philadelphia pro-life because I go – you know, and you do too. We um, to go outside. I, I typically go weekly to the facility out at Twelfth and Locust and pray there with um, with Tony and John and Joe almost every week. They're, those guys are there. Those guys are solid. 
And Mark didn't go to that one. He went to the, the one on Apple Tree. And Mark, so Pete, I don't know if you want to tell the story of what happened. He's our local pro-life guy that you know, that he's a friend of yours. I mean, Yeah, Mark's been a friend for almost 15 years now. He runs the King's Men, wonderful organization. It's designed to teach men to be authentically masculine, you know, leaders, protectors, providers, right. restore that right. back in the culture, similar to, you know, what we're looking to accomplish here um, through the Men for Life podcast. But um, I understand that there was some sort of, you know, incident where, someone was harassing you know which is common that's not that is not that is uncommon. not uncommon I mean, for anyone who doesn't know you're praying outside of a planned parenthood peacefully and next thing you know you're having obscenity shouted at you things thrown at you i've seen multiple every videos. time oh it's every like time. clockwork i mean yeah every time if you just the videos nationwide from the 40 days for life campaign someone gets you know yeah. slugged in the face the, by an angry the demons do not like incarnation it turns out no they don't like incarnation, especially human incarnation. They're fine with like cows. That's cool. But but human incarnation is a problem mm -hmm. for the demons. Right. So, so they, they won't out, stop at out. vandalizing a sign. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not, you know, like I don't agree with your political view. So I'm going to like hate on your sign. They will come out and hate on the human being, um, which is right. interesting because these are the same people that put signs on their lawn that says hate has no home here so i guess yep. hate has no home here unless i hate you <laughs> and then and then yeah i the don't know if i understand that one i kind of like the love lives here sign better i feel like it would be better for all of us as a humanity i'm not trying to pick a political side i just feel like um <laughs> Arch, archbishop fulton sheen by the way that was the reflection yesterday was it really yeah he said if given the choice to eradicate evil or to establish a culture of love and life. I don't remember exactly which words he chose, but he said, and then he gave another analogy, if if um, given the choice between pulling weeds or planting more seeds, the Christian should always choose the path that leads to um, to cultivating good. So what is that? Did he? So which of these? Which side did he say? Did he say you should pull weeds or plant flowers or both? See, Catholics are usually both end people. You would think, yeah. and so I guess if he's because when you see evil, and I, and I'm I know I'm speaking specifically for men, you have this natural like innate need to go and you know fight off the evil. You know yeah. we all feel like we're pulling out our like manly shields and swords, <laughs> and like I get to be Spartacus for the day, you know and. But the truth is what Archbishop Fulton Sheen would like for us to do is he'd like to take more of the position of Jesus. And if for our chosen fans, when John and uh, it's Big John and, oh, it might be Big John and Little John, when they're ready to like battle with, uh, with one of the groups, I forget which town they were in, but when they're ready to battle after they're being spit on and shouted at and all that, it's like Jesus has to settle them down. And, and he, he tells them they're thunder and lightning. He's like, chill out, guys. You know, boys, he calls them boys. They're not men yet. Boys, chill out, boys. So yeah, I think that's what he's, he's telling us. So I think where that fits in with, with the Mark Halk situation is, yeah, so what happened there? Yeah, my my basic understanding of it, so please don't hold me to this, is just that one of the, the um, the whatever you call them that work at Escorts. The, escorts, thank you. One of the escorts was harassing Mark and his young son, who's only about 14 years old, um, harassing them while they were out there. I've, I've personally um, been a part of that with my own children, so I understand, you know, but apparently 
when the guy was in their face or something like that, Mark shoved them away and he's an older man and he fell down. So in no way would I be condoning Mark shoving, you know, an older man. Uh, right. But, but that was, that was, they, that was tried in Philly. Right. And it was thrown out of court. Yes. Like, so the guy sued Mark. Exactly. And then that court was, that was thrown out. And then. So if all of us want to come back to our true senses. <laughs> so if we're speaking as Christians, no, we, we wouldn't shove another unless we were in some sort of danger. or. Right. And we weren't there, so we don't know. No, so I don't know. So I'm, I don't, I can't even speak to it because right. we weren't there. However, the court heard this and we all know that we have a court system in Philadelphia, which isn't exactly conservative. So if it were going to lean to any side, it would lean to the side of the Planned Parenthood escort, not to mark the pro-lifer or, right. you know, devoutly Catholic man. And the court threw it away. Why? Well, there was no, there were no, no injuries. Right. <laughs> so if the man wasn't injured, it's almost like, what what's are we doing the, here yeah, in court? What point? are you suing for? So, yeah. but here's where it gets completely out of control. And Maybe some of you have seen this on social media or the news. It gets completely out of control when the FBI shows up to Mark's home. Like a year later? Was it like a year later? Yes. This just happened a few weeks ago. It's a year later. Show up to his home, like 20-some cars. His wife is hysterical. The kids are hysterical. Got, like guns pulled. Literally right? guns pointed. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's what he, and he's pleading with them to, hey, I'm coming out peacefully. Relax. It's they could have called his lawyer probably and got him to come in and like give himself up. He would have done that. Like why? Like why would he not have? He showed up to the to the court appearance, right. and now exactly. a new law has come in. So not only was this done to Mark, it was also done to uh, a person in Tennessee, right. and then apparently eleven people throughout the country, and then just very very creatively, cunningly as the serpent, you know, then they wind up creating a new law and the new law is that if you obstruct someone going into an abortion facility in any way or any manner, you're now subject to 11 years in prison and I believe it's $350,000 in fines or something like that. So that's what he's facing right now. That's what Mark and these others are facing. Unbelievable. So So it's a federal offense. And if you think that they're not going to be creative with their definition of obstruction um they're willing to kill babies so the i this what pete and i were talking about before the show so you know it's not a society of laws if you're killing if you're not able to protect the most fundamental right of our fellow citizens who are unborn if you can't protect their right to live with your laws, you don't have a, a society of law. You have a society of the law of the jungle, which is whoever's powerful makes the rules. So it's not surprising that this would happen. And it's not surprising that it won't be surprising when it continues to happen as long as the power structures are the way that they are. Because, that's... because Andrew, where does that end? I was talking to our buddy Keith, he's our barber, and I was saying that one day when he and I were talking. If we see a young girl, he and I both have daughters, and if you, we see a young girl being, being beaten and raped outside of his shop, well, currently in today's law, <laughs> then, then we would be able to go out there and stop that from happening. But how far are we away? Who decides the laws? Who makes these rules? At what point is it going to be just that person expressing themselves, you know, when they're beating and raping the young teenage girl? And and I think it goes to what you just said is it's the laws of the jungle. So then whoever yeah, it doesn't is, matter. It's not. It's not. A, it's certainly not a law of 
It's certainly not, in even this. I was listening to um, there's a very famous legal scholar Hadley Arks, um, who worked. He's a professor, I think, at Amherst, and he was talking about the Dobbs decision in this way. And he was saying that everybody's jumping up and down about Dobbs, which is great, but he's like, actually, Dobbs is a completely coward cowardly decision because it doesn't make the most common sense case for the humanity of the unborn and therefore their right to equal protection under the law. And so it's sort of like they had these debates with um, Lincoln, the Lincoln-Douglas debates very famously when they went around the country and had these debates, especially about slavery. And Stephen Douglas's position was the Dobbs position, which is, hey, man, if you want slaves in Maine, great. You vote for it and you'll have slaves in Maine and in, you know, Rhode Island, we won't or whatever. And Lincoln was, no, 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 that does, that's not the point. There's no slavery. You can't have slavery if black people are people. You can't have it. You can't vote for that then. If the country's to me, if the country's to be a country of laws, either black people are people or they're not. And if they're people, they have to have the same rights as you. Yes. That's it, bottom line. And do- all Dobbs did was was punt on the humanity of the unborn and say, hey, if you want to have, if you want to kill babies in California, hey, go, God bless, go ahead, go do it. You know, hey, look, even, look, with their reasoning, infanticide's fine too because, I mean, the way that they reason about this, our Gnostic friends, is, well, you're not a real, you're, you might be human, but you're not a person yet until your consciousness mm-hmm. is fully there. Uh, so that might be two years old. Like Peter Singer, the guy at, at Princeton's like, yeah, two, you know, you, if they're under two and they can't recognize themselves in a mirror, like what's the difference? Like, let, you know, you can off them too. Because it's just consistent reasoning. If you're it's, old. It's horrible and pathetic. If you're older, it's we'll consistent. do the same to you. Exactly, because, because you lose your, lose your reasoning. Right, you lose, so now, exactly. now we're going to insert totalitarianism or, I'm sorry, uh, utilitarianism and right. now I'm going to determine it. your human value. Exactly. If I don't see it, I'll just wipe you out. And that's why if, if you and I aren't correct on what we're saying right now, Andrew, then let's, let's look at the others in history. Booker T. Washington said, a lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it is accepted by a majority. 100%. Obviously. I mean, obviously. So anyway, Pete, we gotta, we got actually have um, Rite of Christian Initiation tonight, uh, a little nice. later on at the Basilica. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm committed to being a setup person there. So I've got to go. Um, I'd love to end here in prayer. And man, it was awesome catching up. It was awesome rap, and I wish we could do it for another hour and a half because we got a lot to go Me over. Me too, brother. Me too. We'll do it again soon. Um, Unfortunately, the Pete and Andrew issue episodes are not the most popular, but we like them. So, anyway. <laughs> and we hope you like <laughs> we them. We hope so. you like them too. But anyway, so Pete, could you end us in prayer and then uh, we will continue on our way and, and we pray for the souls of the unborn and, um, and, and those that are involved in this culture of death because it is, uh, it is a horrible thing for their souls and for the you know, we, we want to have a culture of laws. We want to have a culture of life, a, a culture that respects human life. That's our goal here at Men for Life, ultimately. So, Pete, maybe end this in prayer. Absolutely. And, Andrew, and to that point, <clears throat> for anyone who's been involved in this way of life, if you've lived in this culture of death and you don't know how you wound up there, but you wound up there, and you're someone who's had an abortion or you've helped someone have an abortion, and you now feel like, you're sorry, you may have made the wrong decision. Just come to us. 
just come to us so that we can help you. Healing is possible. Amen. Forgiveness is possible. Amen. At Abby Johnson committed over 20,000 abortions at her facility in Texas for Planned Parenthood and had two abortions herself personally. She's one of the leaders in this Catholic movement of forgiveness in Christ Amen. and healing in Christ. Amen. So please. Amen. We're all sinners. We're not saying we're better than any of in no way. We're all sinners. We're we literally nothing other than repentant sinners. But what Andrew and I are trying to do is we're trying to bring about the truth. When I drive into the city tonight to meet with Andrew and every single block has signs hanging up that says, stop the racist vote, stop the racist vote, defend choice, vote temp Democrat. Like, is that the truth or is that someone just trying to get me to see something their way? And, uh, you know, I, I, Truth, Pope Benedict says, draws strength from itself and not from the number of votes in its favor. Amen. Truth draws strength from itself and not from the number of votes Pope in its Benedict favor. Pope Benedict is amazing. We can talk about that in another yeah. episode, but apparently he is still the Pope of our Catholic Church, according to canon law. I am not a canon law expert, but I would love to way have one my, on with us and discuss that, <laughs> that, we have topic. To, that for next Until next time, kids. Until next time. All righty. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Saint Gianna of Mola, pray for us. Signing off.